You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. And if you need more football content in your life, join Locked On NFL Draft hosts Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and take a look ahead at next year's future first-round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Monday, May 4th, not April 4th, like I said yesterday on the show. Though I kind of wish we could go back to April 3rd, which was the day of Jalen Suggs' buzzer beater against UCLA, and we can all relive that euphoric moment. And maybe we can go back in time and play that national championship game again, hopefully with a different result. But I digress. Today on the show, we are talking about the West Coast Conference. It has been a wild first four weeks of the offseason because of this new one-time transfer rule. There's been over 1,500 Division I basketball players who have put their name into the transfer portal so far. And so today, we're going to update you on all the comings and all the goings around the WCC. And we're going to do it by revealing my current WCC power rankings. No need to waste any more time. Let's just get right down to it. Coming in at number 10 in the WCC is, of course, the Portland Pilots. Portland fired Terry Porter towards the end of the season this past year. They are 1-52 and in their last 53 WCC games. And so now they bring in Shante Leggins, who is one of the brightest young minds in all of college basketball. He coached over at Eastern Washington and had some really, really good success there. They almost beat Kansas in the NCAA tournament this year. Portland's entire team, 13 players, I'm not even joking, 13 players went into the transfer portal over the last six weeks. Shante Leggins is bringing with him Michael Meadows, Tyler Robertson, and Jack Perry from Eastern Washington. They did not grab the Groves brothers, which were obviously the big prize, but they are bringing three players uh, over from Eastern Washington. And they're also bringing in a kid named Christian Soland, who is a six foot eight stretch big, and he was a role player at Georgia Tech and UTEP. They're bringing in uh, a bunch of freshmen. And they've got one guy who said that he's going to stay on the roster. So currently, Portland has eight players on their roster. Of course, some of those Portland players that are in the portal can certainly come back after talking with Shante Leggins. But Shante is basically redoing his entire team from scratch, showing up at Portland. So it is going to be obviously a huge rebuilding job there. And we'll see what he can do over this these first couple of seasons at the helm in Portland. Coming in, number nine is going to be Pepperdine. This may be uh, a little bit low for what some people might have thought, but they're losing Colby Ross. They lost Kessler Edwards to the NBA draft. They lost Cedric Altman to the transfer portal. They also lost Andre Ball, and they lost Robbie Heath to the transfer portal. That's a lot of talent gone. And for a team that pretty much underachieved even with that talent, um, without it, I'm not sure how good they're going to be. They're bringing in Bron Hartfield, who was the leading scorer two years ago at San Diego. And he's likely going to take over the role of uh, Colby Ross. They're bringing in a guy named Keith Fisher III, who's a 6'8 forward. And he was a double-figure scorer when he played at San Jose State. And then he ended up transferring to Illinois State. And he was a double-figure scorer there as well. But he did not play this last year. He was one of the players who uh, opted out of this past season. 
But he's a 6'8 forward, and he's probably going to take over the Kessler Edwards role. So you've got Braun Hartfield coming in. You've got Keith Fisher coming in, taking over for Colby Ross and Kessler Edwards. Those two players are not as good as Colby Ross and Kessler Edwards. And like I said, they're also losing three role players. But they're bringing in a five-person freshman class who Lorenzo Womar is very excited about. It's two guards, three forwards. There's a couple three-star recruits in there. And they've still got some talented big guys in Kenny Chikukwa and uh, Jean Zedek, who I really like, a stretch big. Um, So they're going to have a little bit of talent, but they're losing their two most explosive best players and really their only go-to scores. So it's going to be interesting to see who steps up for them uh, next season in Malibu. Coming in number eight is going to be the San Diego Toreros, who are by far the most active team in the transfer portal so far this offseason. They lost Marion Humphrey. They lost Bron Hartfield, who, like I said, was their leading scorer two years ago. They lost big man Jan Masalski, who averaged uh, nearly 10 points a game. They lost Ben Pyle, who was a stretch big. They lost Jared Rodriguez, who was a, a role player, rotation forward. And then they lost Finn Sullivan, who was one of the rotation guards. That's a lot of talent going out, but they are refreshing all of that talent with just a ridiculous number of transfers coming into the program. Number one is Jace Townsend. He's a 6'3 guard. He started 51 games at Denver in the Summit League, and he averaged 19 points a game this past season, uh, so that's a really good get there. Terrell Brown is a 6'10 forward who is a role player at Pitt. Provides a lot of really good size. I think the most interesting player is going to be Marcellus Erlington. He's a 6'6", 240-pound forward who played at St. John's the last couple years, and he plays a lot like Mark Vidal. Not a huge score, probably six to eight points a game, but he is going to just bang bodies inside. A really, really tenacious rebounder, physical player. So it'll be interesting to watch him in the WCC. They also grabbed Bryce Monroe, who was the rookie of the year in the Southland Conference. He's a Bay Area kid, but he went to Sam Houston State and he averaged 10 points a game as a freshman. A really shifty young guard who's going to have several years of eligibility at San Diego. So he's probably their, their guard of the future over there. They're also bringing in another guard. He's a 6'4 freshman from Georgetown. His name's TJ Berger, and he was a, a really well-known three-point shooter in high school. So they've got a couple of really decent guards that will kind of lead that team over the next few seasons. Jace Townsend, I believe, will have two seasons of eligibility remaining, and he's the leading scorer uh, coming in. Uh, but Bryce Monroe, like I said, uh, was a freshman this year, and Berger was a freshman this year. So if they want, they could still have four years of eligibility. And those two guys are going to give a lot more explosiveness and athleticism than uh, the the Finn Sullivans and Joey Calcaterras of the world. But Joey Calcaterra is returning. He was their leading scorer this past season. And Josh Parrish also returning. He was uh, a senior this past season. He's going to use his extra year of eligibility. He was a 6'4 guard, uh, really big body. I think he's 230, 235, um, and he was their second leading scorer this year. So their two leading scorers are returning, plus they're bringing in five pretty good transfers. I just don't know how exactly all of them are going to fit in yet. So San Diego is a little bit behind uh, everybody else right now, but they definitely have a much, much, much higher ceiling than they did coming into the last couple of seasons. All right, so that's teams 10 through 8. Coming up in just a second, we're going to go through teams 7 through 4. And you may be surprised at who is not in the top 4 currently. 
Obviously, there's a long way to go in this offseason, um, but I, I really do think currently right now teams two through six are not necessarily interchangeable, but I think you can make arguments uh, for a lot of these teams. And so I will give uh, coming up what I think is currently in the power rankings, teams seven through four. But first, a second to talk about 1010. This episode is being brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. Ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only on BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high quality, fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and it's fairly priced, so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. The ring from Platt Boutique is amazing. It's so simple and clean, but the vintage details are just incredible. It's a perfect little ring that's so timeless and would make the perfect gift. So again, if you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. Okay, let's get back to it. The number seven team currently in my WCC Power Rankings, the Pacific Tigers. Damon Stoudemire was a finalist for the Arizona job, got beat out by Tommy Lloyd, so he is back at the helm at Stockton. He is losing Brock Finstoon, who's one of their leading scorers last season, and also Jabril Price-Noel, who is a kind of a back-end rotation player. They're also losing a couple bench guys who aren't super, super meaningful. So they're not losing a ton. Brock Finstoon obviously is a big loss, but they're bringing in some good players. The main piece is Alfonso Anderson. He was the Mountain West Conference sixth man of the year this past season. He's a 6'6 forward. He played at Utah State, and he's just an absolute rebounding machine. He's going to give a lot of size and a lot of physicality to a team that uses a lot of size and physicality uh, in their style of play. But the two interesting pieces to me are Luke Evdolovich, who's a 6'5 wing, who shot 45% beyond the arc in three seasons at Northern Arizona, one of the best shooters on the West Coast, and then Kaleeb Rouse. He is a junior college transfer. He's a 6'2 guard, and he averaged 21 points a game on 40% three-point shooting at the uh, New Mexico Military Academy. So Pacific's team, as always, is going to be physical. Uh, they're going to kind of, you know, try to muck it up a little bit. But they're going to be a much, much improved shooting team. And they've got a really, uh, a couple talented guards returning as well. And Dennis Jenkins and Pierre Crockerell, who I believe are both going to be sophomores again if they want to. So they're not going to have really a ton of size. They're not going to have a ton of interior play. But their guards and their wings are really interesting. And like I said, their shooting and uh, kind of playmaking on the perimeter will be much improved. Coming in number six is going to be the Santa Clara Broncos. I actually had them fourth to begin with, and then I kind of flip-flopped them back to sixth um, just because I'm not sure that they have the depth as some of these other teams. They're losing Trent Hudgens, who was kind of a backup guard which isn't the biggest loss in the world, but the big loss was Willie Caruso. 
and he is going to go play professional basketball. With him, I think this would be definitely a top four team in the WCC. Without him, they take a couple of spots back. However, they are returning Yasep Frankic. He is using his extra year of eligibility. Uh, All-league WCC player, uh, one of the better big guys in the league. And uh, he's, he's going to be flanked by Danilo Juricic, who is going to take that Willie Caruso role. He is a stretch big. He came in from Harvard, uh, averaged about 10 points a game. So he's going to take over that role for Willie Caruso. But their front court depth beyond that uh, is a little bit unproven. One of the guys coming in is Parker Braun, who was a 6'8 forward at Missouri, but really wasn't used much. So we'll see how he kind of acclimates himself into Santa Clara. Probably the biggest get of maybe anybody outside of LMU is P.J. Pipes. And he is a 6'2 point guard who averaged 15 points a game while he was at Green Bay. And what Santa Clara has been missing the last couple seasons is point guard play. And they kind of ran a lot of off guards at their uh, point guard spot. And that's not going to be an issue this season. P.J. Pipes is going to slot in and be a really good lead guard for them. And if you put him with either Jordan Williams or Jalen Williams at the shooting guard spot, Keyshawn Justice at the three, and then Juricic and Vrankic at the four and five. Now that's a that's a pretty good starting five. And then you get the other Williams coming off the bench. You got Parker Braun off the bench, Jaden Bediaco off the bench, Miguel Tomley, uh, who was a freshman this past season out of the Phoenix area. I mean, you've got eight or nine guys who can play uh, for Santa Clara. So I think they're going to be a really interesting team. They've kind of been middle of the pack uh, each of the last few years, but they've never really been bad. I mean, they were 12 and 8 this past year, 20 and 13 the year before, 16 and 15 in 2019 while going 8 and 8 in conference. I mean, Herb Sendick has put together decent teams, and now they're trying to take that next step from decent team to top half of the league team. And now that they have a point guard, it's it's possible that they do so. Okay, now this one might be uh, a little bit surprising, but number five right now is going to be BYU. And to be honest, I had them as low as six at some point. The reason why is that because they have no guards currently on the roster, none whatsoever. They have Trevin Nell, who is a shooting guard, and that's basically all he does is spot-up shoot. He's not a point guard. He doesn't really do a whole lot of ball handling. They lost Wyatt Lowell to the transfer portal. They lost Connor Harding. They lost Colby Lee. And Jesse Wade retired. Brandon Averett, their starting point guard, is gone. He has already started a professional career. They're still waiting on decisions from Alex Barcelo and Matt Harms. They have received zero transfers in the transfer portal. They have struck out on every single guard that they have gone after. If Alex Barcelo does not come back, I don't know what BYU's plan is at the guard position. Unless they've got... Uh, kids coming in from missions that I don't know about. And honestly, honestly I don't know uh, how good any of these kids are coming in for them. Um, but right now on their roster, they have zero guard play. And I really like their forwards and I like their wings. You know, Gideon George, Caleb Lohner, Spencer Johnson. Uh, I mean, these these players are really talented. But if they don't have guards, you, I mean, you're not going to go very far. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see if Alex Barcelo makes a decision and then if BYU can finally strike in the transfer portal and grab a guard. If they do, they'll probably be right back in that top three. If they don't grab a a really one or two reliable veteran guards, I'm not sure 
if they could win with just forwards and wings. So really, really interesting time in Provo coming off of two really, really good seasons. All right, number four in the power rankings is San Francisco, the Dons. And as of two, three weeks ago, it looked like they were not really doing a whole lot. And then all of a sudden, boom, a bunch of stuff happened. They're losing Damari Milstad, uh, who was a double-figure scorer when he came in from Grand Canyon, but he never really turned out to be as good as they hoped. I think he only averaged four and a half, five points a game in his one season uh, in San Francisco. And then they're also losing bench guys in Trevante Anderson and Samba Kane, who are kind of back-end rotation players for them. They're bringing in a bunch. They're bringing in Gabe Stefanini, who is a 6'3 lead guard from Columbia, but he has not played since the 2018-2019 season. So he's missed each of the last two years. He missed the 1920 season with injury, and then he opted out of this past year because the Ivy League did not play. Uh, he averaged 14 points and four assists a game in that 18-19 season. And they're also bringing in one of his former teammates at Columbia, Patrick Tape. He averaged double figures uh, on that Columbia team as well. And then he transferred to Duke this past season. Uh, after a redshirt year, he didn't really play really at all for Duke. And so he's going back down a level to San Francisco where he should get a lot more playing time. And like I said, he's going to play with his former teammate in Stefanini. They're also bringing in Yawin Masalski. Uh, the big man from San Diego who averaged nine and a half points and eight rebounds this past season. And then they're also bringing in Zane Meeks, who is a 6'9 sophomore from Nevada who averaged nine points and six rebounds uh, for the Wolfpack this, this past year. And he is a stretch big. So they're bringing in one guard in Stefanini, and they're bringing in three big guys, all of them 6'9 or bigger. Masalski and Tape are both seniors and they're more back to the basket type bigs. And then Zane Meeks is only a sophomore and he is more of a stretch big. The biggest question uh, when it comes to San Francisco is the status of Jamari Bouye. He is still not decided if he's going to come back for that extra year. If he does, then you've got Bouye, you've got Stefanini, and you've got Khalil Shabazz who makes up three really, really good guards to go along uh, with that front court in Tape and Masalski, Zane Meeks, Dimitri Uni, uh, Josh Kunin, and then you've got Julian Richwain is a really good shooter on the wing. So San Francisco is going to have some depth if Jamari Bouye comes back. If he does not, um, and I think right now it sounds like it's pretty much 50 50. Um, if he does come back, they're certainly a top four team. If he doesn't come back, they're kind of be fighting with Santa Clara for that maybe fifth or sixth spot. All right, we are down to the final three. And if you've done some process of elimination, obviously you know what the other two teams are besides Gonzaga. But I will tell you which one of them I think is three and which one of them I think is number two coming up here in just a minute. But first, a second to talk about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks, delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com bet online it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season's in full swig and the nba and nhl are approaching the playoffs it's the perfect time to get in on the fun and you can track all the action at bet online Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code Locked On. The final three. You know that Gonzaga is obviously going to be number one, but St. Mary's and LMU in a battle for that second and third spot. Right now, I am putting St. Mary's in the number three spot in my offseason power rankings. They are losing absolutely nobody. Tommy Cousy is coming back for his sixth year of college basketball and every single other player on the roster also returning. People might forget that they were actually 9-2 in the non-conference last season before injuries to their two best shooters kind of took a toll on that roster. And even so, by the end of the year, they were a top 15 defense nationally, which I believe is probably the best under uh, Randy Bennett. And so, obviously... The offense struggled, and it was not a prototypical uh, St. Mary's offense. But I expect a strong bounce back year with a year of development for a lot of their guys. You know, Matthias Toss, Logan Johnson, Dan Fotu, Kyle Bowen, and then obviously, like I said, Lemmett Bockler and Alex Dukas are getting back into the fold. Logan Johnson became their go-to scorer by the end of last season. So I'm really excited to see what he can do uh, with a full year under his belt. And then they're bringing in a really, really intriguing guard named Chris Howell. He's a 6'5 guard from San Diego, big, strong kid uh, who's a high-level defender. And I think he's going to bring a little bit of a different dynamic than a lot of their guards in the past. So I am I'm still buying St. Mary's, bouncing back with a strong year of development and kind of getting that offense back to a level that they're used to. And if they can match... They don't even have to match their defense. If their defense is back in that top 15, top 25, and their offense instead of is in the 175 range, which it was last year, if they can get back to the you know the 75 to 100 range, I mean, that's a dangerous basketball team. So uh, I'm still buying St. Mary's, and I always give Randy Bennett the benefit of the doubt. And now coming in at number two, the Loyola Marymount Lions. Stan Johnson is building something in Los Angeles. They are losing Parker Dortch, who was kind of a back-end rotation wing player. But they're bringing in a lot. And the biggest news is that Eli Scott is going to return for his extra free year of eligibility. And he said straight up that he's coming back to lead this team to an NCAA tournament. And it's honestly not that far-fetched to think that it could happen. They're bringing in, you know, the the biggest thing with, with LMU this past season, and if you remember, they actually finished third in the WCC standings. They were 7-5, and five, and they were a top 100 Ken Palm team. So they've got a foundation already, but they did not have guard play. Jalen Anderson was a freshman who's really their only proven guard. They played with a lot of forwards and wings, but not many guards. They're bringing in guards, and the biggest one is Cameron Shelton. 
He was a first-team All-Big Sky player at Northern Arizona. He led the Big Sky in scoring at 19 points a game, but he also had six rebounds and four assists. He does a little bit of everything. He really is one of the best mid-major guards in all of America. They're also bringing in Quan Marble, who's a 6'6 off-guard wing-type player from Wyoming. He was on the all-tournament team after the uh, 2020 Mountain West uh, Conference Tournament, and he averaged 20 points across those three tournament games. I think he averaged just under 10 points a game his sophomore year at Wyoming this past season, but he's a really good complimentary piece to go next to Cameron Shelton. They're also bringing in Gary Harris Jr., who's a 6'6 guard from Siena. He did not play this past season. He opted out after he transferred right uh, as the pandemic was starting because he wanted to be closer to home. He's from Los Angeles, and so now he gets to be at LMU. Uh, As a freshman at Siena, he averaged 5.5 points a game, started 15 games for them, so he's going to have several years of eligibility for LMU. And then they're also bringing in Alex Merkvalatze, who is a 6'9 freshman uh, from Cal State Northridge. So a couple of these players that they're bringing in have several years of eligibility. Like I said, Harris uh, has only played one year of college ball. Merkvalatze, only one year of college ball. Quan Marble, only two years. So these players are going to be around for a couple of seasons. But Merkvalatze, 6'9", stretch big from Cal State Northridge, averaged 10 points and 7 rebounds this past season, shooting 38% from deep. So that'll give them a little bit of an extra different dynamic there. And then the other thing to keep in mind is that they had a Juco transfer come in uh, named Quentin Jackson Jr. And he got injured after playing just six games for them last year. And he was averaging somewhere between 15 and 20 minutes in those games. He's a 6'2 guard as well who had stops at Temple and UNC Charlotte before coming to LMU along with Community College. So he's kind of been all over the place. But they trusted him to play. 15, 20 minutes in that rotation to start uh, the beginning of last season. So we'll see how uh, he fits into that rotation this coming year. But like I said, they were missing guards last year. This year, they're going to have guards. And they're going to team them up with Eli Scott. They're going to team them up with uh, Ivan Olipiev and Kele Liapipe. And they've also got a couple freshmen that Stan Johnson's really excited about. They're all kind of wing players. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if any of them get any minutes. But they've got uh, a talented group of guards to go with their talented and physical group of big men. Um, So I think right now, to be quite honest, LMU is number two in the WCC. And I would not be shocked if they made the NCAA tournament next year with a good non-conference resume. And of course, Gonzaga is the number one team in the West Coast Conference. We don't have to talk about them too much since you hear about them every single day on this podcast. But Umar Ballo's out. Pavel Zakharov's out. Aaron Cook is out. Rashir Bolton in from Iowa State, and then their three-person recruiting class in Caden Perry, Hunter Salas, and Chet Holmgren. Um, We're going to do a lot more about this Gonzaga team tomorrow, and I'm going to expand on all things Gonzaga because tomorrow's episode is going to be a state of the Zags. Uh, Tomorrow is going to be one month to the day of the national championship loss to Baylor. I know most of us, myself included, already counting down the days to October and craziness in the kennel. But what about the seasons after that? How long can Gonzaga stay as this perennial top five power? I'm going to give some of my thoughts on the state of the program tomorrow on the show. Hopefully this episode today was informative uh, with all the WCC programs. Don't forget you can tune in to the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, the question is, who is the best superhero in the NBA? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. 
Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, don't forget you can rate and subscribe to this podcast, Locked On Zags. Please leave a review with your Gonzaga story. I will read them every Friday on the show like usual. You can follow me on Twitter at Escargo. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. If you want to email the show with your story or any questions or ideas that you want me to talk about, feel free to do so, LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your Tuesday. We'll see you back here Wednesday morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.